You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples effectively. This is Jay Gordon, and I'm here with Chris Amaro. I lead the small groups ministry at the church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama, where Chris is a small group leader. Both of us have a passion to help you make your small group great. Okay, Chris, here we are. Episode one. Who would have guessed that episode one would be an unplanned special edition? But here we are in the midst of the coronavirus crisis or pandemic, if you will, and our small groups are having to make some major adjustments. And so, rightly so, we should deliver some some helps to our small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond on how to navigate this crisis. So that will be episode one. <laughs> so yeah, here we are sitting here in our masks and gloves and um, just a bit of housekeeping. This is our first real episode. Uh, episode zero was definitely a trial run for our friends and family. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, episode two will be resources, uh, resource only based. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of different things that we will uh, introduce. Some you might are, some you might be aware of, some you may not. Um, but it will definitely be more of a, uh, a tools. Yes. Type and so if you've hit your stride already as a small group, maybe you're running with Zoom or some other format. Um, we don't really ever want to say don't listen to our podcast, but we sure don't want to bore you on the Great Groups podcast. But if you've hit your stride, episode two might not be for you. But uh, we think really this episode one will hit everybody because we're going to give some some tips and tricks for uh, small group leaders, uh, really some things to focus on. And so anyway, uh, Chris, for for me, uh, you know, working from home is is new and different. I'm normally here at the church. Um my wife, Liz, she's used to working at home. She works for a missions organization, so she's either working from home or in another part of the globe. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's uh, she's either near or far, but uh, how are things at your house with the uh, pandemic? Different, uh, very different, <laughs> definitely. Um, obviously, uh, all the kids are home. Uh, my wife is at home. She normally is at home with the kids, the young ones. Um, and then, of course, I'm at home, working from home as well. Um, and different in many different ways. We're doing school at home. Um, I uh, have got a, our dining room set up as my office slash the classroom slash the place that we eat. So there's a lot of change that takes place there. Um, speaking of change, uh, I got to learn the word furlough and how it can oh, no. be an immediate impact. Uh, wow. So, yeah, last uh, last Monday was, uh, was the day I got the notice that um, all of our development team and IT and resources and services team, uh, we're going to be furloughed for at least eight to 10 weeks. And, wow. um, but it's been, man, I gotta tell you what a blessing it has been though. Um, I got the call and literally 30 minutes afterwards, uh, I reached out to uh, a very good friend of mine, um, at my former employer. And, uh, he of course was like, I've got all the work you need. Tell wow. me what you want to do. So yeah, the Lord has definitely provided. And, uh, so we've awesome. been able to, to stay kind of steady the ship and see where the Lord takes it. I know there are plenty of people out there that uh, have not been so fortunate, so I want you guys to know that if that's your case, uh, you are in our prayers. We're asking that God would have mercy on us as a nation and uh, for the whole world, And uh, but we want His will accomplished as well, and so we need to be looking for what His will is in the, in the middle of all of this. And uh, this could be with us a few months, but one of my desires, I hope that we look back a few months from now and see that this is the church's finest hour. Uh, through some of the programs I've listened to, I've heard there have been some pandemics that have um, swept you know, the globe in our history. And one of the ones I was reading about was in the early 4th century, and this story was from Caesarea. And 
many of the caregivers of that time ran for the hills. Many people ran for the hills, but Christians really earned respect because they stayed around and cared for and fed people who were sick and unfortunately even buried some of the bodies that nobody else wanted Mm. to be around when others fled. And so um, following the pandemic, a lot of people in that area turned to Christianity at that point because the Christians had earned their respect. And so I'm hoping that in the midst of this crisis, we as Christians really reach our world in a way that that earns respect and uh, can can just really help the kingdom of God help uh, move that forward. It's really encouraged a lot of us to be creative uh, during this time, to find ways that we normally wouldn't be maybe comfortable with or even consider uh, mm-hmm. reaching out to others um, during this pandemic. And um, I don't know, it's just a, it's, it's a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. everyone come up with ways to stay connected. Yes, I think one of the things that hit me last week was uh, just the basis of all this is our love. Uh, John 13, 1 is a passage I was reading, and it had really impacted me because uh, somebody else had really loved me well, a brother in Christ. And I realized the impact that that made on me personally and ran across John 13, 1 that says, Jesus has loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And that is really a part of disciple-making, um, just loving people and showing them love, whether they're a believer or not, when we love people, then we have a chance to impact them. And I think that's something that we should all keep in mind. But let's uh, let's move on to leading our group effectively during this pandemic. And I'll tell you, one of the things that's excited me over the last week or two, some of our small group leaders have been extremely excited because their attendance is actually up in their online meetings compared to when they were meeting live. And I'm going, wow, nobody saw that coming. That's just a a real pleasant surprise. And a couple of days ago, I had a chance to be on a Zoom meeting with leaders from across the state. And some some of the guys, some of the discipleship pastors in other churches have reported that same thing. And so I thought, this is just really phenomenal. I guess part of that is, um, you know, you can still be in your jammies on Sunday morning and, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, zoom into a small group. But that's uh, that's pretty exciting. First-hand example, uh, first-hand example, I should say. Um, our group, past uh, two or three weeks, we're having 95 96% attendance. And that's awesome. I'm a stats guy, so, you know, I'm always going to look at things that way. Not to – I'm just curious. Yes. Just like numbers. But it is interesting. Hmm. By the way, being a Sunday school small groups guy for um, – 30-something years, on average, uh, they say the number is 33 to 40% of people that will attend on any any given Sunday. And, um, you know, it's probably a little bit higher in off-campus groups than on-campus groups, but wow, 95 is just off the charts. And so that's super. But moving on to what to focus on during the pandemic, uh, I was thinking through that as this crisis hit and really just thinking through what do we really need? What do our groups need? What way can we best serve the needs of our people? And I came up with four areas, and I'm going to give you those areas, and then we're going to concentrate on each one a little bit individually. First of all is care. Second is connection. Third is challenge. And fourth is content. And so I'm going to define all those, but care, connection, challenge, and content. I really want to encourage you to focus on those areas in order. And let's talk about that. Number one is care. Those are immediate needs. There might be some at-risk individuals in your group that might need some special attention. As Chris has mentioned, you know, some people that are financially impacted and may need 
uh, some special care. And, of course, a lot of us have emotional concerns in the midst of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for ways we could encourage people, and I put together uh, 10 verses of hope in times of crisis. And so you can uh, go back and see some of our e-news archives and, and find that. We, we list those at brookhills.org slash archive. You can see our small group e-news previous editions, and so you can find that there. But um, secondly is connection. As our people are stuck at home, and many of our people, uh, and then even if they are essential workers and wind up, you know, they, they go home and don't, don't have a chance to get with other people as they normally would. But we need to help serve that purpose of connecting people. Um, I've always been a fan of Hebrews chapter 10 that talks about encouraging one another. That's in verses 24 and 25. And I teach that in our small group basics class. It's not just about the teacher delivering content and encouraging the people who are in the group. A group is really successful when it gets to the point that the group members are encouraging one another. So we need to provide a format for that in the midst of this crisis, just allowing people to interact and to focus on one another and and that fellowship. I mean, there's so many different types of things going on right now with with people and with their family situations and their home life, and especially if they're essential workers. I mean, you talk about loneliness. Um, My sister is a a nurse in Atlanta, and uh, she has two teenage daughters. Um, They are uh, in their early teens, Um, but she is a single mom, and she is a NICU nurse. So she is literally at the hospital 12 hours a day, you know, working three, four shifts a week. She, if she's not in the NICU, she's doing NICU transport. It's one of those rare, weird, specialized things that there's like six people trained in all of Atlanta to do. Um, mm. The lonely part comes in that she's at work all day mm. and she's caring for children that are really, really sick and shouldn't be born yet. Mm. Um, and then her daughters are at home by themselves because she's a single mom. Mm-hmm. You can't have a babysitter right now. <laughs> That's you right. Can't, we can't send our parents over there because they're in that high-risk category. So, I mean, you've got that situation. Along those same lines, you've got those two girls with cabin fever. They are doing very well. We're staying in touch with them. My parents are calling them. Um, but we've got people in our own groups that are living those same lives. Um, and I give my sister as an example, um, but you have children that are at home and that are getting restless because they, they see the same thing every day, and they don't see an end to this because every day is Saturday. Um, and you talk about parents with kids all day. Um, so there's just a lot of things that are kind of brewing at the surface that mm-hmm. really require us to, uh, as leaders, to reach out to those parents and those children and everywhere you can reach out to mm-hmm. um, and just make sure that people are being cared for. Yeah. In our next episode, we're going to talk about some of the ways, some of the tools to do that. But Chris, you were telling me earlier about some ways to connect with games even. And I know this is not the spiritual content, <laughs> but uh, hey, it's important that we connect people with fun as well. Tell us a little right, bit about so, that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And don't take this the you know into some sort of weird conversation about playing video games or anything like that. But my wife and I, we, we love to have, as most small group leaders do, love to have people in our home and, and spend time with them and have dinner parties or whatever. Um, and you just can't do that right now. Um, so we were like, okay, well, what do we really like about the dinner parties? It's definitely not our cooking at all, <laughs> but it's, it is having... You better hope Wendy's not listening right now. So. Right. Maybe we need to scratch that. Um, <laughs> That'll, that might end up on the cutting room floor. I said but. our cooking, not hers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is the quality time you get with a family. Um, the kids always go off and play and do their own thing with our kids, and um, just having that couple in our home uh, is a good time to just 
get to know them and, and just let them share whatever's burdened in their heart or just spend time together. Mm-hmm. We found that there's ways you can still do that um, by not necessarily being in the same place, but through games. And so in a silly, silly way, we found a way to share an Xbox game presented as the computer presenting the meeting in, a, in an online meeting. Um, and then we would join from different laptops so that we could see each other's faces and you can play the game. Um, in this case, it was called Fibbage, which I think is the name of the game. Um, where you have to pick out which one of the players are lying about an answer to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you play on your phone, but you still see each other's faces, and uh, it's just a fun way to interact. Right. It just makes you wonder how life will be changed after all of this is over. There might be some of these things that, you know, we just meet online with somebody rather than driving quite a few miles to, to see them. But, Definitely. Um, you know, after care and connection, the, the next thing is challenge. And that's one of the things on this podcast you'll hear me repeat over and over that I think we're missing often in church these these days is is really challenging people to take their next steps spiritually. And so I just want to say even now in the midst of this crisis, mm-hmm. let's don't stop that. Let's let's challenge people, have them look at their lives and look at the need and look at where God would have them to go and challenge them to take some next steps spiritually. And we'll talk about some more about that in a few minutes, but one of the things I found is that Transitions in life are are times that we really need to look at our spiritual habits and what we're doing. I noticed this first in college when I was really trying to follow Christ for the first time in my life in a in a really to the max, and I was really focused on spiritual habits then. And I realized every time I went home for Christmas holiday or summer break, I would have to refocus on engaging in my spiritual habits of Bible reading and prayer. And when I would go back to college, I would have to re-engage. And so I've seen that throughout my life. Whenever there's a transition, I have to re-engage. And so a lot of our people are in transitions right now. Some are staying at home. Some are missing so many activities that they normally did. And fortunately, many people are given a lot of time. So as leaders, let's focus on encouraging our people to re-engage. Maybe some of our folks never have been that plugged into Bible study and prayer, and maybe they've got a little bit of time now. Let's let's help challenge them to engage in those activities, and I think that can be a way that we can can maximize this pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and challenge to set new habits. I think is a, is a critical thing because uh, with our own kids uh, and with the members of our group, um, we're challenging praying through the Psalms every mm, day. That's good. Um, not just listening to uh, the series that our own church is putting out. Um, but as a family, do the, the, the Psalms challenge and pick a different Psalm than what was uh, already shared by, uh, by our pastor or another uh, leader in our church. Um, and then just to kind of focus on how you can use each uh, verse to pray for individual people in your small group, individual children in our small group. That's something that we love doing. We mm-hmm. love praying for children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just we have, just have a huge heart, probably because there's a ton of children in our small group. Last I checked, like, 35. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but just being able to pray a child's name by, uh, pray for a child by their name um, uh, through a verse and a psalm is just a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's really good. And the fourth C is content, and that's Bible teaching. Um, I'm actually, in looking at what the needs are of our groups, encouraging people to, to put our Bible teaching content a little bit lower on the list compared to um, connecting people and encouraging one another. And so I've certainly found that true in my groups. Um, I co-lead a Sunday morning group, and we've been meeting on Zoom prior to the 10 o'clock live broadcast here at Brook Hills of Worship. And 
this morning I had uh, four verses I was going to look at in John 14, and uh, time was kind of getting toward the end, and I went, okay, I had four points I was going to make. We're going to cut that to two. But I did find time to, to give them a challenge to maximize some of these spiritual habits like we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, I got to tell you, our uh, our group's balance is a little bit different uh, mm-hmm. than it normally is. Um, it's it, we've dramatically reduced um, the the teaching time um, simply because there's such a need for community right now. There's mm-hmm. such a need for uh, people to share what's on their heart, what's what's burdening them. Um, and when you get everyone in a group like that, um, you need to have that that open forum for people just to talk, mm-hmm. just to get into things and. Um, what we found is that the amount of time we're spending in small group is much longer, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but at the same time, the the lessons that we're going through are, are shorter. Maybe we're doing 10 to 15 minutes. Um, because what we're finding is that if we're not giving a lesson on a passage in the Bible or some sort of teaching, people are still hearing the Word because we're talking about it as we relate to a specific right. prayer request that comes That's out. Important. We point it to a, a story in the Bible. We point mm-hmm. something out. Um, and then relate to it, and then we again pray through that through the prayer requests. Um, so you're you're kind of an indirect way, still teaching, mm-hmm. um, just not a heavy focus on. Okay, now I need all of you to listen to me on an online meeting for the next twenty minutes. Yes, yes. So it works and, well, and that's great. And we're blessed here. Pastor Matt is bringing us great Bible content, and what we don't want to do is just, in essence, reproduce another teaching time and have our groups not be able to encourage one another, as Hebrews ten talks about. And what one thing you might consider is just piggybacking on the sermon and do a sermon-based discussion guide. Uh, at Brook Hills, we, uh, we write and publish one of those. It's available on Sunday afternoons. Very first time years ago that I did a sermon-based discussion guide in a small group, I felt like I was starting on the 50-yard line. For instance, uh, say, say in a football <laughs> game, when there's a kickoff and it goes into the end zone, the team brings the ball out to the 25, and I felt like I was the, the, on the offense with first down, but rather spotting it on the 25, I was spotted on the 50 because I was able to move much more quickly into application. What are we going to do about this mm-hmm. in our lives as compared to just teaching some more? And so that's one way to uh, to look at that, just uh, considering a, a sermon-based discussion guide. Definitely, definitely. All right, I have a question for you, though. So let's say you have a small group that is not quite small. Let's mm. say there's a large community in your small group, um, you know, anywhere upwards of maybe 20, 30, maybe 35 families. Yeah, I would... Uh, or even a different type of ministry, maybe like singles ministry sure. or uh, uh, empty nesters. Like, yes. what do you... How do you I think do during that? this pandemic, the connection is so important that people are being allowed to encourage one another and just uh, see one another's faces and just interact with with other people and and facilitate that in, that spiritual encouragement. One thing you might do is use Zoom to put people into breakup room breakout rooms for part of the session. Definitely not breakup rooms. And, yes, not breakup. No, <laughs> we are breaking up with the rest of the group for for a short time though. But um, you know, we did that in men's breakfast on um, on uh, Friday morning. Yes. Honestly, we didn't have a breakfast t- together, but we we call it men's breakfast even though we don't eat. But um, you know, <laughs> that was my first experience with a breakout room, and it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just uh, a very effective way to um, you have your Zoom meeting, and the whole the rest of the group is out there somewhere having their meeting, but there are just four or five of us, you mm-hmm. know, having a discussion then. And if you choose to, the the group leader can actually 
click a button and bring everybody back into uh, mm-hmm. one central meeting. And so there's a lot of flexibility there, and, and that's uh, that's something that you might want to consider. And we can go in depth in that uh, in the resources episode because uh, sure. I, d- I definitely have some cool things to talk about there. Nerdy and techie, but they're fun. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> all right, so I have a question to piggyback off that question. I'm seeing in all of this that content appears to be the last on our list. And I, I get the reduction in time because you, you want to make sure we have community time, but not just because of the situation we're in. But why else will we reduce content right now? Yes, I think there are a lot of things in people's lives that are, um, that are really demanding. Um, and if you know me, you know I have a heart for discipleship, and that's the most important thing. And the Bible is central and key to all of that. But at this time, we need to, uh, to really look and, and maybe be more dependent on our pastor to bring the biblical content and let us focus on connecting and encouraging people. But if you think about it, um, our preschool and children's ministry is putting out programming. And since they can't deliver that directly on Sunday morning, that falls upon the parents. So there's one, one time draw. Um, another thing is that our our parents are now having to be school teachers in essence as the school is pushing out content and the parents often particularly for preschoolers elementary have to make sure that that gets accomplished um one thing that's a, a really special opportunity is that uh, that parents are given the opportunity they're they're almost forced into it now because the church is is putting some content out there and parents wound up wind up being involved it's a chance for the parents to actually lead their their family spiritually, mm-hmm. which is going to be one of the really good side effects of this pandemic. It's it's forcing parents to lead children spiritually. And I think it's easy for parents to fall in the trap of just trusting the church to do that mm-hmm. when God gave parents the direct responsibility. Parents are with those kids many more hours a day right. than the church can spend. And so, Chris, what have you found in your family? I know you've got got kids, so how has that impacted you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's been one of the many blessings that people are seeing in light of this um, lock yourself down in home situation that we're in is is that we have the chance to lead our children, and, and that's something that, yes, we probably should always work harder at, um, but being able to give the same teaching that they would get on a Sunday school class or, or in a preschool class um, at home, we're doing the coloring sheets and we're doing the, the Bible stories and even the silly song, not silly songs, but the silly <laughs> dancing that goes with the songs. Um, uh-huh. um, it's just a lot of fun. And, and something that we really enjoy is, uh, is sharing that back with uh, our preschool ministers uh, here and leaders here uh, because they love seeing, that's one of the reasons why they do preschool ministry is because they love seeing children's hearts open to God and to celebrate God and to enjoy his stories and enjoy singing his songs. And Mm so um, it's definitely given us a chance to kind of do that. Break down the barriers of mommy and daddy or just mommy and daddy. Now mommy and daddy are also teachers and leaders. That's right. Um, And so our kids have uh, we've struggled a little bit, but they they got on board and I think we're having more fun with it now than we were in the past, but uh, it's definitely a blast. I think one of the things we can do as a church sometimes inadvertently is um, really just overemphasize Bible teaching and the the ability of Bible teaching alone to transform lives. If we look at the Great Commission, um, I love the uh, New Living Translation, which the part of the Great Commission says, teach these new disciples to obey all of the commandments I have given you. 
And so we're not just teaching like like throwing mud on a wall and hoping something sticks. <laughs> we really need to look at what's happening in the lives of, of the people that we're making disciples of and make sure they're getting it. So um, let's don't just have the one-way communication and Bible teaching, but let's have the spiritual encouragement going on. And also, as leaders, we need to to lead with our eyes open. In other words, we're looking at our disciples to make sure they're growing in their relationship with Christ. And so that's something I would encourage us to do is not be so wound up in delivering all of the content that we delivered pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. but let's focus on how we can make disciples given the situation that we're in. Definitely. One of the things that we're doing at home um, as well um, is just encouraging our, our older children. We have two children that are uh, that are preteen, tween, not really sure the right name for it, but Anyway, they're not teenagers yet, but they're close, um, and they uh, they have expressed a desire to to learn more or learn how to pray. I don't want to say the word effectively mm-hmm. because any prayer is heard by yes. God is loved, <laughs> but they they feel like they don't pray good. They mm-hmm. say, "Dad, I don't really know what to say." Sometimes I said, "Well, neither do I." <laughs> so what I say is what's on my heart, yes. and uh, so we talk about families in our small group. Um, and one of the things that's really worked with our kids is praying over each child by name, praying over the parents by name. Um, and so we started picking, uh, we've got a calendar now, and we pick a family every day, um, and we just go around the table, and uh, we pray over every single person in that family openly. Um, and I just love that picture of mm-hmm. growth uh, in our kids, um, as well as in myself and as my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just fun. That's awesome. Well, just like my small group meeting online this morning. We're pretty much out of time, Chris, and so (laughs) uh, that's it for this episode. But uh, please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss next month's episode with us. And we do have a website, greatgroups.org. We'd love for you to leave a comment there, and and we'd love to, to hear from you. But thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back next month with a conversation that inspires you to effectively make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. They make disciples.